Welcome to Five Minute Mind Podcast. I am your host, Shane Heezy, and coming up on this episode, Scott A. Reader, art director, prop master out of Austin, Texas, who runs the Scott Prop and Roll TikTok account. A pretty prominent account with 1.5 million followers. He shows behind the scenes on um, how certain props, uh, prop masters work. And we're joined by a friend of the show, and we've long time coming, Jacob Gay. Scott and Jacob are currently working on the new Walker show. Uh, Jacob is the assistant production coordinator on that. And so more of a friendly hangout show, but uh, it's kind of a fascinating dive into TikTok, which just was just announced today. It's up to a billion users. Uh, but first up, what I watched this week, one, the one interesting uh, title that I, if you... I've heard about this on the New Bev podcast with uh, uh, Tarantino's recommendation. Uh, it's the public domain episode. Uh, it's from director Andrew L. Stone, who, if you go back to episode 27 of ours, uh, the Steel Trap and Teresa Wright episode, the movie I'm speaking of, High Diddle Diddle, which Tarantino was effusive about, and I could see why. This was, it was sold on the show as kind of a precursor to if a Zucker Brothers movie was made in the 40s and actually had kind of an emotional through line to it. And it's close. That kind of applies to it. It breaks the fourth wall a lot. It has these animated sequences to it. Uh, I felt it, it has a little bit of a Marx Brothers energy to it. Um, but I th- the, the sequence I most... What I thought it could, co- comparable most to would have been... Um, you know the opening of the Preston Sturges, the Palm Beach story, where uh, it ends with a different movie and uh, starts at a wedding, and then at the beginning of the movie, uh, a the end title card comes up, and then another title card comes up, or glass pane that says, or is it, or that, I'm not exactly sure of the wording. That's the narrative energy there. Like early, again, I mentioned wall breaking, like a lot of actors staring at the camera. There's also a sequence at the end involving a guy in a cab that goes on. And from a comedy standpoint, the fact that this sequence can keep going and keep being funny. I'm, I guess the reason I, I say Marx Brothers, M- Marx Brothers movies just aren't the same when you watch them at home, as opposed to you. The, one of the greatest comedic uh, viewings of my life was seeing a night at the opera in a sold out theater at the Baxter Avenue Theater in Louisville. This would have been amazing in a crowd. Um, yet another post-pandemic, almost post-pandemic title that I'm saying, I wish we theaters were back and we can all watch movies together. Anyway, on this episode, uh, Scott Reader and Jacob Gay. Scott's doing his, uh, he started his TikTok account during the pandemic and started to do dad jokes and showing off how behind the scenes and prop being a prop master works and it's grown significantly and tiktok i find a very fascinating venue just because as i mentioned earlier it's 1 billion users those numbers comparable to theatrical viewing right now is not nothing to it's, it's certainly not nothing to like have a snobbery fest over yes in theory tiktok is so quick uh, and they're therefore AD, ADHD aimed, but there's clearly a lot of inventive filmmaking going on there. Uh, there's a lot of direct filmmaking going on there. It's not adorned with all these extra things that we're told or what makes good movies. And it's clearly, even if it's just, you know, m- most fil- most people who are trying to make their first film make shorts. And there's the argument that shorts... At the end, I think Kevin Smith makes this argument that shorts at the end of the day are basically just telling a joke. And they're just a setup and a punchline just because they have to be that short. And TikTok is so direct in that regard. Plus, there's it's quick on the fly and it seems to be really inventive. Uh, it, it, it really shows how each generation is getting more and more visually sophisticated with ease, too. Um, so... We don't get into that deep, sophisticated of a conversation, but the nuts and bolts of how Scott's TikTok account grew, um, that's the main part of the conversation. So, hope you enjoy. You know, I'm here at the office, Jacob, because it was more peaceful here. Um, I don't, I think 
the only beer that's here, I have like the product placement whiskey. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> or is that, uh, some... is that aged or is that brown water? No, actually, this is the real thing. We have to. Okay. We never, nice. we never uh, commit blasphemy with that kind of thing. We, uh, we'll get mason jars and fill them up. And it's then, just beer with fake labels that you're okay with, or yeah, we do beer with fake labels, or uh, we'll we'll wrap a can of sparkling water, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, but where are you working right now? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're always working. Uh, no, not today. No, I just I was over doing some stuff at my shop. I was actually filming a TikTok at my shop, and then came over here just because okay. it was well for a lot of reasons. It's like if I want air conditioning at my shop. I've got to have the window unit on and I knew I couldn't have it on while we're recording. So it was just lots, lots of reasons why it was best to just run over here. How often are you posting? You know, I used to post almost every day. Now I'm maybe three TikToks a week. And then I'm trying to pound out one YouTube a week, but I haven't. Uh, now it's been like almost two weeks. Since, I've, since you've done a YouTube? No, a week and a half since I've done a YouTube, like long form YouTube. I, I post on shorts, you know, for the YouTube shorts, and that's doing really well. But uh, trying to build up the the public hours required for monetization and all that, you know. Uh, <sighs> I, I got behind on, I didn't I didn't get on YouTube until April. And uh, I, I saw you started later on and that. That was because... So, uh, well, no, it wasn't because of that. I, I just kept putting it off because for me, I was, you know, I was never big into social media and I just kind of during the pandemic fell into TikTok. Then I saw I was, there was activity on my Instagram, which I had like one photo posted. And so I felt like, okay, all of a sudden I've got 3000 followers on Instagram. So I started put my TikToks on Instagram and then that blew up. I really, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, so the Instagram and the TikTok and the, that was keeping my hands full plus working, you know, 12, 14 hours a day on a TV show. Uh, so I just kept putting off doing YouTube until I found out somebody had made a fake account, fake channel called the prop master. Huh. And they were taking all my videos, taking uh no blue check on there uh oh geez uh, use my profile picture and you know they got over 75 over seventy five thousand subscribers of of people that thought that it was me so yeah. i had to uh, you know file copyright strikes hire a lawyer uh, you had to hire a lawyer I had to hire a lawyer because they wouldn't Every time I would plead my case, uh, they would say, we need more information. We think this claim may be fraudulent. Their words, exactly. We think this claim may be fraudulent. So I had, so I just, you know, a friend here at the office knew a copyright attorney and I called her up and she, she took care of it for me as far as uh, to pr provide documentation to YouTube to, uh, I, I figure if monetization is involved, that makes sense, but it, it just, that struck me. Yeah. But now, but now I've just about, I've, I've caught up to where the fake me was. So now I'm up over 80,000 subscribers and I've, uh, you know, got twice as many follows, no, twice as many views as the fake me. So I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. Take that fake you. Uh, yeah, for a second, I thought you were going to say, I found out where my, the fake me lives. Oh, no. And now we're all going to meet him after even, this podcast. I don't even want to know. I'm trying to put, put it past me. Um, I want to go into these origins, but I also, Jacob, I should intro you to, um, this has been a long time coming. I'm kind of surprised. I'm, I'm almost to the 75th episode, and you're just now doing your first guest guesting on there. Man, I'm happy to be here, you know. I tried to have a podcast once, and it was really bad. And your I podcast. Didn't, I heard it wasn't bad. I heard it just was only one. No, yeah, but but okay. your podcast has been fun. I've listened to a few episodes, and I always feel like a little bit anxious about it because I'm awful. You want to join in? I'm awful with remembering anything. So like your podcast, everyone you have on is just so intelligent, and like I just want to laugh a lot today, and I just want to chime in. Well, and you, you should have, have done the homework I sent to you earlier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
No, because you're one of my closest friends. You're from Evansville. You live in Texas. We've moved back and forth so much. And um, you weren't in the film industry. Just And I remember when you were switched over, I was worried just because you, I, I was like, I don't think you could do the freelance lifestyle. And you switched over, like you quit your job and started on a PA in a week. And then you've been working consistently ever since then, like years ago. It was like two or three years ago. Longer? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm trying to like hire people now. I'm, I'm happy that I've moved up, but it's like, it is like sort of a scary thing once you first get in because it's like, hey, you might not have guaranteed work and this is like brand new. And like a lot of times you're in these shady buildings with like random signs. And like, it's like, welcome to your new career. But, you know, so far I've been really lucky. So he's been amazing. Jacob is amazing. Great at what he does for sure. Scott, where are you from? Are you from Austin? I'm originally from the Port Arthur area, uh, which is, uh, I'm from a little town called Groves, which is okay. a suburb of Port Arthur, which is a suburb of Beaumont, uh, which is kind of a suburb of Houston. So down the coast, uh, kind of the Texas, Louisiana border. Okay. Were you doing film there or did you, uh, when did you come to Austin? Oh no, that's just where I grew up and went to high school. I, I moved uh, after my, I did one year of college down there at Lamar University in Beaumont and then moved up to Denton and went to uh, University of North Texas, which is where I graduated. Okay. Mm. You, were you big into film as a kid, or? Oh, I was a, a big time film nut. Uh, that's I. I knew that's what I wanted to do from you know early on, and a lot of that's because my mom introduced me to the classics and uh, started started with that, and uh, I became pretty well versed in classic. You know, Americans. Well, what, were, what were the big movies your mom introduced you to? Um, Stalag 17, Manchurian Candidate, Bridge Over the River oh, Kwai. Nice. Um, I mean, you know. I love that you went straight to Billy Wilder. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Capra. You know, like it happened one night, like the oldies. Like I was kind of the weird kid at school. I'm, I, was, I guarantee I was the only one that knew film history. I'm real into Buster Keaton. And, okay. uh, you know, the silent film era. And uh, he, he just amazes me as a filmmaker. He was incredible. Yeah. I mean, there's always the argument that he's the better between him and Chaplin. He's the better filmmaker. Um, what um, so did you go to college for film or how, how did you great, migrate over? To I film? went. Well, yeah, it's it's a long story. Uh, but to keep it short, I've got a degree in anthropology and minored in ethnographic film. Okay. Was what it was, was it what I was able to get. So uh, it, it gave me the chance to take some good film theory classes. And I, I was just so into it. I loved it. Did, uh, you know, Southeast Asian film, did uh, classes on, uh, you know, the horror archetypes and just, uh, I don't know, just a bunch of film theory classes, anything I could take. I loved it. It was, it was fun. Well, then when did you start getting some jobs in film? Well, uh, I was only in the Dallas area for a month. Uh, Denton is north of Dallas. So uh, that's where University of North Texas is. And I uh, moved up there, started in about, I'd say, a, I don't know. I was there about a month. Then I found out there was a movie shooting in town. It was just pure luck. It was uh, a movie called Daddy's Dying, Who's Got the Will? It was 1989. So I can honestly say I've been, title. I've been working in the movies since the 80s. Jesus. <laughs> by one um, year. <laughs> yeah, by one year. But I can still say it, the 80s. Um, so I I just I found out where they were filming uh, from, I guess, a professor at school that they were going to be filming at an old uh, shutdown hospital. So uh, I went there and just, offered up my services, offered to pick up trash or whatever, you know, I just want to, you know, help. And uh, there were, they ha had already had some official interns that were doing it for credit, but I'm not trying to get credit. I'm just wanting to get experience and they let me do it. Mm. Now, now you'd have a harder time on a show like that because of insurance reasons and everything, because the interns have to be insured and covered and all that. It's a bigger, bigger ordeal. Uh, but back then it wasn't. So, um, uh, that's, you know, was my first taste of it. And I kind of got thrown into the prop department more than anything. I did a little bit of everything. I, I was a PA. I'd have to, you know, lock up. They put me out in the middle of a field and, you know, lock up an area. 
uh, that's one of the first things I did. And then I got put with the prop department and, you know, labeled beer bottles. You know, it's very similar to now. Um, you know, that was back. But what's crazy is that was back before Video Village. Okay. That was back before you, the directors had a monitor to look at. The you know, Back then they would, you know, the director would line up the shot in the camera, tell the DP what he wanted and, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> And then the, the DP day, was paying attention. And yeah. And then the next day we'd have dailies uh, at night. They uh, at the production office, they had made a little theater. And uh, back then that's, they all did that. They'd have one room that was dedicated to, they'd have a projector in there and it was strictly for running the dailies uh, after filming. And you'd watch the previous day's uh, takes. That's insane. And that way, if you miss something or there was a hair in the gate or something was wrong, they could, uh, you know, it was very costly, but they could go back and reshoot it if they had to. When I moved to Austin, uh, I I started the Film Society. I did dailies for like the last wave of people shooting on film as a, as a projectionist. Mm -hmm. And now there's like apps for iPads where like people right. could be at the production office just watching what they're filming right now. <laughs> that's like the evolution <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah because of covid yeah because of covid we were all issued uh, our department uh all the departments got uh ipads and instead of everyone huddling around a video monitor to watch the take every department has their own little yeah. screen and they can watch both a and b camera it's yeah it's quite quite fancy i, I knew there's some apps and stuff for that but that and pre-covid but that, i guess it would it makes sense to jump up but um scott would you um was there any going into props is it like just random happenstance that you you got there was there like i mean how does one get into props like when you were watching these classic movies were you paying attention to the glasses on a table or well, no, no, I didn't. I, uh, yeah, I just feel like I said on that first movie, I kind of was, I was put with the prop department and I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't, that wasn't, I, I went from there to, I worked locations. I went to the, uh, I helped out at the, the North Texas film commission, uh, doing locations okay. work and doing scouting. I did a little bit of everything. Um, then, uh, I did props. Uh, I actually got a paying gig on Necessary Roughness in 1990, 91, something like that. The football movie. I remember that movie. And uh, I just kind of fell into that was the position that was open. I would take whatever I could, you know. So and then I still wasn't thinking I wanted to be a prop person forever. But uh, I would just, like I said, kind of take what I could get. And I still, and to this day, I'll, I'll art direct commercials in between shows, you know, I've, uh, I was doing that back in the nineties where you, uh, when you are direct on a commercial, you're doing everything, you're building sets, you're doing props, you're doing special effects, you're doing animals, you're doing, you know, yeah. everything. Uh, and that's what I kind of like about commercials. You get to do, you do a little bit of everything. And, uh, uh, so that I no, but I've done a, I've done a lot. I wrote and directed a feature film called boondoggle back in 90, uh, 98, 90, and okay. did the festival circuit in 99, 2000. Um, I've done a couple short, wrote and direct, written and directed a couple short films since then. Uh, but very few people here in Austin know that about me because that was all my past life in Dallas. When I moved okay. here, I kind of just went full focus into props and opening up my prop shop. And so, I mean, I, I saw that on your IMDb, but, um, so, I mean, when you're in Austin, then like, is it just the, to get, become a prop master or like, is it this accumulation of just like stuff from other shows? Like you're just getting techniques from other, uh, every other movie you've worked on or, and learning from that. Yeah. You know, I did, uh, in Dallas, I did eight years on, uh, the original Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, that's going to come up too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where uh, that's, and I was the prop buyer on that. And okay. so I did 196 episodes of that. That's all before coming to Austin. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have, uh, I, you know, we became kind of like a family. And that's where I pulled people together and made my first feature was I, you know, I just had to pay insurance on the camera truck. And I had 
the whole Panavision package. I worked a deal with Panavision. Nice. And, uh, you know, it, and it was a lot of the Walker crew that helped me get it done. And uh, like I said, if it wasn't for that, I, and that's how I cut my teeth on how to, you know, how to find things quickly. You know, you'd have seven days to shoot an episode, which is back to what we're doing now. Since you both are on Walker right now. Mm -hmm. That is correct. You know, I think, Scott, you were the first person to tell me that Walker was possibly going to start again. And I was just so happy because, you know, I have like such a fond, like, memory just like all the ridiculous like crazy like the conan lever scenes and the coat yeah did you ever watch oh, the man. conan, lever, the conan where... lever yeah i think i saw that live the first time he did it and i was i thought it was hilarious oh that's cool uh, i mean you know the... i was so excited when i heard about the opportunity to work on the show and it's crazy you know what 20 years from the original or how long has it been since the original and like now you're back on it 2001 was when we wrapped yeah your legacy that's crazy. Yeah, I think there's about three of us. Our producer worked on it. He was locations uh, and our accountant. Oh, Rick and was on it too? What's that? Uh, Rick was on it too. Yeah, Rick was an accounting clerk, I believe. And transportation too, right? Phil? Mm. Schreiber? No. Phil wasn't on it? I guess I just think that no. he's been the transportation coordinator for everything. He was doing everything in Austin at the time. Yeah, he was pretty much straight sense. Austin. And, yeah. Mm. Um, Scott, your TikToks are kind of also have a lot of great dad humor on there. Are you oh, guys yeah. familiar with Chuck Norris jokes? Of course. Of course. Okay. Uh, do you guys have any favorites? I have one favorite. We can't legally talk about them. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I have one favorite. I didn't know if you guys had any. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, there's a city municipality that was going to name a street after Chuck Norris, but it didn't work out because no one would dare cross Chuck Norris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. There's uh well, there, here's one. Um, Chuck, Chuck Norris was bit by a rattlesnake and five, five days later, the snake died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After five days of excruciating pain, the snake died. That was. <laughs> I, I spent like a full weekend with my nieces, just like reading them off a of phone nonstop. The Chuck Jarvis jokes are infinitely entertaining, but um, let's go ahead and jump into. Um, so the, the TikTok started from during COVID or before? During. Okay. Like May of. So. Uh, I guess what March was when we uh, shut down. I was doing a show called Panic for Amazon. Jacob knows about that, and uh, uh, I guess it was I. I had my daughter was playing around on TikTok. I guess your daughter would have gotten you into this. Yeah, okay. she's she was seventeen at the time, and she she was you know showing me all these videos on TikTok. So I ended up downloading the app. And I saw that, you know, some people trying to, you know, we're doing dad jokes. Uh, some were good. Some some people were better than others. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. And I had been, you know, writing jokes off and on. and uh, But I never delivered one on camera ever in my life. Uh, in fact, I considered myself really bad at telling jokes in front of other people. Uh, but here you're, I'm thinking, okay, it's my safe zone. I'm by myself in the backyard with camera and, uh, you know, that's all, all you need. And, uh, I, but I bet I posted like 50 of, I no one watched them. I, I, did, <laughs> I did this, uh, then I did do some, uh, you know, funny videos where I did, uh, paper, rock, scissors to the theme of, um, Sergio Leone, the good, the bad and the ugly theme. Yeah, and okay. so I did paper, rock, scissors, uh, <laughs> where it was all their points of view. Uh, and, and I'm like, I got four views on that. And it's really, you got to go back and look at that. It's really good. Oh, I have to um, go back. That sounds awesome. I ended up reposing it and it did well. But uh, okay. once once I had a following, I reposted it and it did good. I could just see the close-ups. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it it's great. there. And I, I do medium <laughs> and then tight, you know, then... I don't want to give it away. There is, there is. Okay. A, okay. 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 Something at the end. It's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I bet I posted about 50 jokes and then all of a sudden, I guess it was in end of June, uh, 
a couple of them started, you know, getting seen. It's like the algorithm thought I would paid my penance and they were going to allow people to see my jokes. Okay. And I did, uh, I did one. I think the joke was, uh, it takes 10 minutes to walk to the bar, but an hour to walk home. The, <laughs> the difference is staggering. <laughs> that one did, that one did really well. Uh, and I say really well, it did really well for my first, not, not really viral, but like a hundred thousand likes, which I thought that, that's, pretty good. That, that's, that's yeah. well to me right now. So. And, uh, <laughs> then I did one on the 4th of July that did really well about my son chewing on the electrical cords. And that was like another big step up. Then I got, then the, the you know, the business started reopening. I went back on panic and I don't remember who it was. Jacob, you may remember, but somebody had suggested, why don't you incorporate some prop stuff? You know, what you do is interesting. You, should, you should focus, you know, do maybe do, do some videos on that. So uh, that got my wheels turning and I just can't help myself. I have to add humor into it also. I've uh, I did a couple that, didn't like have straight up jokes at the end, but they were slightly humorous. And then um, I did this one about silent props, you know, props you never knew existed is what I titled it. And uh, I kind of, it was like, as I was filming it, I thought, okay, I've got these pool balls, these silent pool balls and the silent sack. I, I couldn't help myself. I made a ball sack joke and (laughs) that's the one that went crazy. That got like uh, 12, 12 million views and 3 million likes. And it, you know, that, that kind of started it all that catapulted it. What's the, um, what's the feedback you're getting? Who, who, who are the, who are, or is it kids wanting to get into filmmaking that are watching this or a little bit of the others that there's just people that are just interested, always wondered, you know, how, you know, get to get a glimpse into behind the scenes kind of content, but a different kind of behind the scenes. It's not about the cinematographer and it's not about, you know, uh, you know, people pushing lights around. It's about a side that no one had really touched on it. I didn't realize that. Um, uh, that it was really new to a lot of people that how much goes into it uh, on the art department side of it. So yeah, it has uh, a lot of people, a lot of people reached out want to know, well, how do I get in the film business? And it's real, it's, it, that's a hard question to answer. Sure. You know? Cause course, it really yeah. depends on where you are and do you really want to be in the business? Because it's not all rosy fun all the time. It's got, it's got, it's a, uh, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yeah, it it can be tough, and uh, the the good the good the good thing is, you know, in the feature world, even if you got a jerk you're having to deal with, it's like there's always one real jerk on every show, and uh, you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I, at least I'm not going to be working here 30 years. I'm going to finish this show and move on, and. Uh, now it's a little more difficult when you're working on a television show because you could be here five five years, um, but typically I've I've been lucky. It's been pretty good on every show I've worked on. So Jacob, when did you first see the? Because you were the one that alerted me to this. Uh, Scott's TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I you know I overheard a few people because we were all on break. It was while we were in our hiatus of panic. And someone's like, did you know that like Scott's making TikToks now? And like people are like really digging them. And I was like, no, I think maybe, you know, like maybe Liarda or someone like that told me. And we started, you know, all of us at the office started like watching them and sharing them. And then like now, I mean, there's been some days where like Scott will just come up to me and be like, hey, I need a really good pun for this one thing. And I'm always like, I think maybe you've used one of my puns yeah, in the past, up, like ten. No, no, you came up with a couple. I've I've actually put Jacob in a couple of them. He's been in two. Really? Two. I haven't of them. seen one. I will say the I I may have told you this, Shane, but the best compliment of my life was someone in one of the videos that I was in. Some random stranger was like, "Oh my god, do you work with Ryan Gosling?" 
and they were referring to me in one of his videos. <laughs> and it's like, I'm definitely wearing a mask that's covering like seven eighths of my face. I thought it was so, Ryan Reynolds. Was it Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that ruins my Hey Girl joke. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I think everyone still to the, at the office to this day is like, I wonder what Scott's next TikTok is going to be. It's something exciting to like look forward to, you know? Well, and I get them involved too. I get, uh, you know, a, quite a few of the office staff have been in my videos. Those that want to be in them. Yeah. What's, see, I haven't dived into TikTok, so, and I'm scared shitless of TikTok <laughs> just because the few times I do it, it's just like, uh, it's like a speed lapse uh, morning to night thing where it's just like, where did time go? It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, it can be what, addicting. What, yeah, their algorithm's amazing in a bad way or good bad way. Mm -hmm. But what is it? What does it entail? Do you do all this the editing and production on your phone? Is that a well on TikTok? Yeah, it's okay. um they've got a great little. I mean, it's fast, quick, easy. It's not too fancy. They have some effects that are kind of cool. I stay away from the effects unless you know it's something you really got to get the star wipe in. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do the little green screen, but then their green screen, it's okay. I mean. uh it's uh, I used I used used one of their filters uh, or one of their effects recently, where I took they have this thing that if you point your camera at is this the baby video? Oh, you saw the baby video? I saw the baby. That, yeah, that, that was, was creepy, amazing. Yeah, that was like the old <laughs> photograph uh, effect thing where you know it'll make photographs come to life, and I figured it worked with babies too. Yeah, it was creepy. How'd you end it? You were just like, "Yep, they're going back in the box." Yep. Oh, I went. I went around to everything at my shop with that with that effect, and was trying to you know see what. Yeah, it it made everything creepy. Anything with eyeballs, it would they would blink. Have you heard from like your producers or your bosses about this? Because I'm curious about while I'm on a job doing extracurricular stuff, and always like, how much do I talk about what I'm working on? I, you know, there's no hiding anything because half the cast follows me half the, I mean, all of the producers. So, okay. but I don't, and everyone, you know, Jacob can attest to this. I wait till end of the day before, till I've kind of clocked myself out and I'll do the yeah. stuff here. Scott is um, like one of the first people in and the last people out. So I'll wait till, <laughs> you know, till people have filtered out of the office and then I'll, you know, do something or I'll, you know, and I'll do them on, on the weekend at my shop or at my house or whatever. You know, so I'll try to stock up a, a couple uh, on the weekend that I can post during the week. And there's but, been like uh, a few times too, like where like there's like show specific ones where you've like asked like the producers or the stars, you know, like, is this cool? And they're like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah I'm not, I haven't really put any of the actors in it. Um, except for Jeff Pierre, I think uh, I got a picture of him with the prop watch because I was doing a, a, a TikTok about how I've had the same watch in every show I've worked on in the last 10, 15 years. And <laughs> Jeff, Jeff was the guy that got to wear the watch the, this, this go round. Um, so I asked his permission to use that photo, but for the most part, I'll, I don't even feature the sets if it's a recognizable permanent set. I just don't want to get in, you know, into hot water with uh, the CW at all. And right, um, sure, sure. But I have, uh, yeah, I do. If if I mention, uh, I, there are times where I've mentioned Walker, and I'll see, like I did one on a, a gas station set, and I uh, uh, talked to Ken Hardy, our designer, and he actually interviewed for it. Uh, and that was, it was not like an integral story point. There was nothing that gave anything away. I just, and I didn't even mention the show I was working on. I said, you know, where I did footage from the scout where it was just this old shack and, uh, talked about how we had our art department had two days to turn it into a gas station. And I went through all the steps that it took to do it. In I, I think I saw hours. this one. I think I saw this one. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's probably the most invasive video I did, you know, and then when I shoot around here at the office, it, you know, in the evenings, um, and involve other people, I don't say we're on Walker. I don't make a big, 
yeah, I, I kind of keep it yeah. relatively generic where people understand I'm working on a TV show. They don't necessarily know which one. Yeah, know? part of it though and is like sometimes it's like if you're getting like a hundred thousand to like one million views on a video and it has something to do with what you're doing, it's like that's like promotion, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. A little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. ancillary promotion, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm doing this podcast, like whenever I invite people on, part of it, I'm trying to usually tell them like, it's promotional. I mean, because obviously that's how talk shows works, that's how most po podcasts works. And uh, I've been trying to figure out like, but it's fun and I don't know if the promotional effect's actually working, but the actual doing this, like, I mean, I, I haven't seen Jacob in person in what uh six months and we're it's we're getting to hang out and have a beer right now and i one of my close friends so that that is the reward in and of itself but at the same time i mean like it, it sounds like it grew organically and but this thing isn't helping you get jobs you already you were already working steadily and mm -hmm. the jobs are coming in yeah yeah that's true okay i uh well i'm you know i have been I guess I've had four people that found out about me through TikTok that have offered me jobs, but I already have, you know, I've, you know, I'm already working. So yeah. if I had not been working, yes, it could have, yeah, there have literally been at least four different people looking for prop masters. Okay. Well, I'm trying to do the math to figure out how many followers you have to get to uh, start to get. If uh, if you have uh, 1.5 million and you get four offers from that, that's yeah. But that yeah, like I said, that was that was never the. Uh, I, I don't know <laughs> what the motive was. It was just fun. I started with the jokes and it kind of morphed into what it did. Um, I, I said this on uh, another episode, but last time I was in New York and talking to some like filmmaking friends from there, they were just saying like, if Jean-Luc Godard came out today right now, he'd be on TikTok. Like TikTok is, I mean, it's clearly like, but it's so hyperkinetic and it's just so ADD, but at the same time, like it gets its point across. It's uh, egalitarian to like anyone can into it. Like, mm -hmm. like, but the argument was the best filmmaking is on TikTok and I don't, I can't do it. I just can't join in to see if it's true or not. But like, I don't know. It's a whole different, it's a different kind of filmmaking because it's yeah. vertical, it's vertical video. And so it, uh, it, you're kind of, you're forced to put it in a, you know, a, a rectangle. TikTok succeed where QB didn't well, succeed. So and you got to think about it too, though. Like Shane, like as an editor, like what you do, a lot of people are interested in that. Where if you like did like random like, you know, like footage that you have from like previous things that you've shot and if you put a camera on yourself editing certain things like that you find interesting about editing, you would have so many views. For me, like I work in production, like I do like very administrative stuff. Mm -hmm. No one's going to be interested in my spreadsheets of people getting hurt in construction you, you, you say that but i've constantly lamented that editing is so boring and so time intensive that like the only way you can see editing work is with a time-lapse camera because i remember one time a friend was in an editing room and he filmed me while i was editing and i had to explain my stuff because he was working on the epk on the movie i was working on and there's no way in hell that was going to end up in the final part like it, it was just like <laughs> here i am uh, I took a, I put a cut and a piece of music here and then I put a filter over it so that, uh, you know, this filter, it sounds like the music's underwater and there's a little, and I, I, and like, you're taking like 20 minutes to do it and just like, and then I had to move a frame again to the left to make that work. Uh, no, that doesn't work. So I got to go another frame to the right and that's still not working. So hey, that voice is like some ASMR no, voice. You know, I feel like that could work too. <laughs> Both of you would be surprised though. There's a, a, a lady, um, a real Foley sound, I think. Mm, is, okay. She, she has almost 2 million followers and she just records herself. She just does single takes of her, you know, doing, making noises and people love it. You know, mm. like here I'm trying to match someone drinking a, a cup of coffee and she'll show how she does it. I remember and, the, there's that great, um, 
I think it was a Ben Stiller sketch on an MTV movie awards in the nineties where he'd like, he was doing a Foley award, Foley artist, but he just found more elaborate ways to do it. Like it's like a person's walking and he would like kill a cow and slaughter it and then hit the meat just at the right spot. It's like, yeah, you had to hit it at the top spot to get the exact sound. We weren't. Well, my wife is like really into TikTok, And one of the weirdest like obsessions she showed me is like, there's this person who is really into organizing their refrigerator and they have like millions of views for how neat and tidy their refrigerator is and like literally mm -hmm. like they're and it's like i watch the videos and i'm like i'm not going to be interested in this and then i'm like oh my god like how can she get all these cans so perfect and this like this and i'm like it's yeah well it's this this begs the question thing. is your wife giving you advice on how to um adapt your daily job into tiktok form Oh, no, I, I need that. But maybe, yeah, maybe the next time I bring up an Excel sheet of all <laughs> of the things that we've lost or damaged on a show, I can show that to people and see. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. the, the, the other thing I'm hearing from you, Scott, though, is that this organically came about. Like, I, I also, like I said, I'm enjoying doing the podcast more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And if it never succeeds by a money-making metric or a certain follower metric, I'm still good doing it just because, an excuse, especially during the pandemic, it was a good excuse just to talk with my friends. Mm -hmm. So I'm, it, it, I mean, it sounds like your TikTok came out from that. Like it was boredom. Um, you, you clearly still have a filmmaking itch uh, to get behind the camera, even if it's your camera phone. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where, it, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it's fun. I don't know where it's going. I don't know how long I'll be able to keep, keep it keep it up but we'll we'll see and uh you know like i said now i'm kind of i've been focusing a little more on the youtube and just to see how that goes and uh, what, what are you finding on youtube because technically i'm posting these things to youtube too yeah i'm uh i went for four months with two two thousand subscribers uh i couldn't get anyone the algorithm was not was not being nice and about three weeks ago, all of a sudden, one of my, I, I got to where I had like 60 shorts on there. Uh, no, probably more. Um, I, I was about to give up like on YouTube because I was like, this is, this is not, they're, they're not, they're never going to let anybody see my videos. Okay. And I had looked at other accounts, uh, some TikTok people that had gone over to YouTube and they can't, they're in the same boat I am. So I, I went through and I dumped like 12 in one day, 12 videos. It's like, okay, let's see what happens. And about, like I said, nothing. And then three weeks, like I said, three weeks ago, one shot through the roof. It got, it got, it got up to like a million views in a week. And then, uh, then it got up uh, to like 1.5. And the other, then my other videos started, it's like started hitting the shorts feed, basically. I was going to so, say, wouldn't that be a rising tide with your end screen or something? People yeah, it, 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 yeah, it ended up that they, they all, uh, yeah, they're all moving now. So now it's like I went from 2000 subscribers to, um, as of right now, 83,000. That's, that's a jump. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Yeah. I'm, yeah. So it's, uh, that's why I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. But those shorts don't count toward public hours. And I'm just learning. I'm learning all this. Stuff. So you've <laughs> yeah, got to like have like your long form YouTube videos that will, so I've got to have like 4,000. So even with, I've, I kid you not, I've got almost 20 million views on YouTube. But, um, most of those are from shorts and right. those shorts do not count to public hours, which would be your long form shot horizontally. So I did, um, but my, but my plan worked, I went a week and a half ago, I did one on movie guns. It was about five minutes shot it. And it's, it's weird when you've been shooting vertical for a year and a half to go back to shooting horizontal. It's mm. totally different. Yeah. And, um, 
in the eye lines totally weird uh, compared to you can just kind of stare at yourself when you got the you know when you're in selfie mode and you're looking at yourself you can look dead in the middle of the screen and it, it looks like you're looking right at the camera but uh-huh. not when you move it to horizontal you've really got to find a sweet spot to where it looks like you're looking at the camera you can't look at yourself when when it's horizontal so that that threw me way off and if you look at it it's the movie weapons i you can tell I, i'm not knowing where to look a couple times <laughs> eye lines are such a mystery eye lines are just like those who master eye lines that's why they get the big bucks but um um, no, well, you're, you're, you're saying hours. Like the one thing, like, like view, gotta, viewers and all that shit. I'm not, I don't see long form. Like the one, the one tiny success we've had, I've had on this so far is that, uh, I was always told that if you, if people watch a video over 30 seconds, it's a success. And part of it's that some of these podcasts are topics that some are marginally interesting to people. And so people, we, we, I'm, hours aren't a problem for me. It's viewers and, and like, uh, uh, subscribers, but hours like we're almost already there just because it's super long form, even mm-hmm. though the video is pretty pedestrian. It's just like images from the movie we're talking about, like five images. And that's someone has it on YouTube in the background, I guess. Well, it's, uh, it's you gotta have like 4,000 public hours. Um, I think I'm there. Um, yeah. I've got to check, but I mean, they haven't re-upped. Uh, it hasn't registered on the you know, on YouTube studio yet, but I, uh, I, yesterday or the last time I checked, it was at 3,978. <laughs> You're doing the refresh thing from social network where like there's a big screen and everyone just keep hitting refresh again. Yeah. And Justin Timberlake's like, we did it. Yep. So, uh, now there is a shorts program where this kind of like TikTok where they do payouts, you know, for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, based on your amount of views. And I haven't been contacted about that yet because it's been, it's, uh, this has all gone down the last three weeks. So uh, I think I will, because I've gotten, you know, 20, like I said, close to 20 million views at this point, maybe I'll uh, see a little uh, cash off of that. I don't know. Definitely not. I'm not doing it for the money. It's just interesting to see how it works. I can't wait for the branded content to come out. The Scott Reader Pepsi commercial where you're like, it actually isn't Pepsi. It's this food dye and this car. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait for that to happen. I end up, end up, I put quite a few brands in my videos, not on purpose, just to to you know, explain a point to describe something mm-hmm. like the fake chip bags mm, or your Budweiser brands. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Scott, I do have a basic, uh, maybe this is a wind down question, but uh, um, I've never understood clearances and when it comes to products, like no. it, it literally is just brands that don't want to be associated with the content of the movie or the TV show. No, it's not that that's sometimes that's a case with movies. Um, like, okay. The best way to describe it is we, we have a clearance person and you can use stuff like technically I could use this in our TV show. You have a Coke can, right? Or Diet Coke can right there. It's Diet Coke. Ad sales has a problem with it because Diet Pepsi might want to air a commercial, uh, you know, in that com- the next commercial break and diet Pepsi is going to get pissed off if they're watching the show and uh, the, you know, Walker's drinking a diet Coke. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah. they, they make us cover up brands just so they don't predict what the ads are going to be that far in advance. Okay. It could be the day of, and, and Pepsi says, let's go ahead and uh, book a few more ads or they'll do some sort of group you know, deal on several shows on that network and the network wants the option of, you know, doing Coke. They want to keep their ad buy options open. Yeah. So most of it's about ad sales. Now there is the case of intended use. So since we like on panic, we did the show panic. You can show more brands on a streaming platform typically, Uh, or really big time on HBO. 
we could use whatever we wanted, except if someone was drinking and driving. You yeah. know, I could show real beer, you know, real beer cans all I wanted, uh, unless the character was doing that, jumping in a car and driving. Is it strictly legality? Yeah, yeah, that's was for legal okay. reasons, whatever. But they um, no, I'm saying if they're do, if the character's doing an illegal something illegal. Yes, so Budweiser would not like that if someone's drinking a Budweiser and then driving and killing somebody, killing a family for yeah. the highway. So that that's the only that's how that was an issue. Um, now there's this. Oh, Jacob's gonna love this. Smeat. I've seen this meat video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was um, born out of, uh, you know, Waterworld. Waterworld. I guess spam didn't want to be associated with it for whatever reason. Or it could have been, and I don't know, but here's my hypothesis is the company making Waterworld wanted spam to pay him a ton of money. And spam was like, well, that could be it. Yeah, Hormel was like, well, no, we we don't have that kind of money. Uh, we're a spam company. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, you worked uh, a dad yeah, joke in. Yeah. A pun. Yeah, that wasn't a dad. <laughs> I had the question about movies more just because like um, uh, I know when I was working on indies, like clearances was always an issue and like, or, but, but no one understood it. And like, I, and then I'd work on a feature where like they'd shoot real quickly in a supermarket and you just be like, how the hell can they do that? Like, it, like going by brand after brand after brand and like, well, for a feature and an indie feature, you can typically get away with it. Yeah. Okay. It's not, uh, you know, here we're uh, on a on a network television show. We have the clearance person, you know, not not allowing us to show a lot of stuff because there'll there'll be an artistic copyright on something. So every piece of artwork, if there's you know like that painting ha- hanging behind Jacob there, that would have to we'd have to contact the uh, the guy whoever painted that, yeah, and get them to sign a release. Those were the things I always worried about because if you had like uh, extras with a t-shirt or something like that and you weren't controlling costumes. And some of it's like you're, you're buying this because you found some cool little thing at Goodwill for like $2. You're like, oh, that'll go good in this set. And then it's like, oh, no, this is actually this one artist who <laughs> happens to have a big following. Yeah. yeah. And you never know until you have a clearance coordinator. <laughs> I, and I, I didn't know if on indies you had to basically um, um, uh, not ask permission and ask for forgiveness later or something like that. I hope maybe your, your movie doesn't get distributed that widely and no one notices. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if a lot of people do notice and once a lot of people see it, it's like now that it's out in the public space, what can you do with like an indie movie, you know? I mean, say your indie movie does have that big bump and – People are just drinking a lot of Budweiser while driving. What can you do? They can just well, get sued and lose their money. I got a question for you. What kind of movies do you like? What is, what's your thing? What's what's your? That's a broad question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what 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 genre of film makes you the happiest? Or... I, I I don't I don't try to um, pinpoint a genre like. Um, uh, you mentioned South Southeast Asia, right? Like, uh, uh, South Korea is doing that thing where they're just completely blending genres all together. Mm-hmm. Just like in a movie can be five different genres every 20 minutes. Uh, I guess art house movies, if you made me pin it down. Um, you've also, if I can speak for Shane, go for it, Jacob. You've also like been a really big influence with me when it comes to like eighties and early nineties, like sci-fi. Really? Like, yeah, you know. I just huh. feel like watching like even like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies with you or like just like stuff for like these big budget things that were just like so ridiculous and crazy. Like how do they even make this? Like it's This is my legacy. It, well, you know, they're like very interesting, fun, entertaining movies that are just like 
how did all of this get done with this, you know? <laughs> why Why did you ask, Scott? I was just curious. I, I knew you were a film buff. I was just kind of curious to hear some titles of, of movies you were into. I shouldn't have pinned it to a genre, but just like No, there, it's, all, it's all over the map. I like directors a lot, but uh, the craziest thing was like I was really big into director as author, and then when I started working as a um, below-the-line crew member, then I started questioning the author theory altogether. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I went in, it's like, I love the idea that these giant productions are this expression of one mind. And then you see a movie and you're just like, oh no, everyone on these movies are smart and love movies. And mm -hmm. like, they all contribute to why a movie's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, Scott, you mentioned earlier, you don't know what the future is, but I wanted to ask, do you know what the future is for your TikTok? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, Cause I'm juggling, like I said, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube right now. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to keep, keep doing it and see what happens. I'd like to, you know, uh, pursue the, you know, it's a little early to tell, but you know, pursue the YouTube and yeah, you know, if it can turn into something that sustains itself, you know, cause at this point, you know, uh, I have gotten a few sponsorship offers, but mm -hmm. nothing, you know, it's like a lot of that comes with a bigger following so i don't know uh we'll see if i can continue to grow my following what the future holds we'll see um, well it seems it seems just because they're super fun like they're going to sustain for a long time but i uh, you know i feel like there's um a lot more that i can do with long longer form like on youtube uh, uh i've got a lot of lot of ideas i mean i could you know um, most of my tiktoks that are about props or art department or whatever they're about. I could have made a 10 to 20 minute video about that because there's so many details I have to leave out on a TikTok because, you know, they're, you know, a minute max. Okay. So uh, I could really expound on every, everything I've talked about. I could have really gone into a greater detail. So that, that first video I did a week or so ago, uh, movie prop guns, um, I was able to take the time to just, you know, I, I kept it from being boring. I kept still kept it interesting, but uh, it was a way for me to see how the audience would receive it. And it was, you know, the feedback was really good with the exception of somebody. <laughs> I love this. Uh, they said, this reminds me of a 2010 YouTube. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh simple and cozy and then someone responds or do you mean non-professional and poorly shot and I'm like, okay there's the youtube i know uh you know that'll happen and my response was i'm a prop master not a cinematographer uh i still think what i had to say is pretty cool so you know bear with me my next one is going to be a good late 2011 <laughs> just a uh, magic hour that shit um yeah I, so yeah there's i, I definitely have room for improvement but it is what it is you know scott thank you for taking us along for this ride it is so much <laughs> oh i enjoyed the it track. is so much it fun was, it was fun it's, it's fun to talk right now but it's also fun to like work with someone who is doing something they love like at work but also like as like this like hobby that's turned into this crazy TikTok sensation like you know i will become a director for a few year TikTok soon and i can't <laughs> wait to explore my creative talent with that um well you've already <laughs> proven yourself in front of the camera thank you ryan gosling ryan reynolds yeah whichever one it yeah, is ryan i gotta gosling look it up tonight <laughs> Reynolds, Reynolds, Ryan yeah. Gosling. I am. I'm still trying to figure out. I want to do an episode eventually. I have no clue who to talk to about it, but I was trying to think about how, like, when film criticism came, was really bursting in America in the '60s after the French New Wave, and Andrew Saris's book was big for a bunch of people. I want to find the Andrew Saris of TikTok right now and talk to him. Who's writing the biggest TikTok criticism book right now? So, if anyone's listening, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Scott, uh, Jacob, thank you guys for doing this. Thank you for being on the podcast. So much fun. Thanks, Shane. Thank you. Thank you.